Welcome to episode number two. Today we have a special guest, uh, drummer and composer Matthew Elton Smith. San Diego Sessions, San Diego's jazz podcast, featuring local artists, new releases, and more. Here are your hosts, Ian Tordella and Ed Kornhauser. Welcome to our second episode. I'm Ian Tordella, and I'm here in studio with... Ed Kornhauser. And our special guest today... Matthew Elton Smith. Hey. All right. Hey. So before we get into your music, Matt, uh, I just wanted to do a quick quick recap about 70 in 24, which yeah. we mentioned in the first episode. Right, because we had uh, Leonard Patton in the studio, uh, the sort of uh, ringleader, mastermind behind, the, uh, behind our world record attempt. And uh, this week, we have another member who did it with us, Matt Smith. Yeah, we did it. Uh, how many days ago was it? It just feels like a blur. I feel like I've time traveled. So if you guys missed the first episode, vocalist Leonard Patton, along with Matt on drums, Ed on keys, and Mac Layton on bass, attempted to do 70 concerts in 24 hours. And uh, we, we did succeed, actually. We did 70 uh, distinct, discrete concerts in 70 locations around San Diego from... Uh, the Museum of Making Music up in Carlsbad, down to San Diego, Liberty Station, Balboa Park, Santee, La Mesa, all over. We did it. Now we have to submit it to Guinness to see if it's an official record, but we did do it. Ridiculous. All I have to say, I attended, I think, eight or nine of the shows, and holy cow, it was beyond what I was expecting. I can only summarize it as a flash mob deja vu. By that, it was like four guys, and they just run into a place and start playing. But then by even for me, by the seventh concert, I couldn't remember the third concert I had been to. And, you, and, this, oh, yeah. and this was a, a small percentage of the 70 <laughs> that you guys did. So I, I look back at the pictures. I'm like, wait, where's that? Where were we? Who were those people? I don't know where we were. <laughs> Do you even remember what you played? What did you play on gig number 15, Matt? Oh, I, Cajon. Yeah. <laughs> And what was the second tune? Uh, it was probably a drum solo. <laughs> Accompanied by a piano solo, a bass solo, and a vocal solo. Yeah, that's about right. That's great. Well, you can check that out on, on Instagram or on Facebook if you look up hashtag 70 in 24 take two. Those are all numbers, 70 in 24 take two. And you can check out a lot of photos and video from that day. It was, uh, it was absolutely bananas. I'm so happy we did it. I never want to do it again as long as I live. <laughs> if it, I think if they uh, if they say we didn't do it, they say, and then they tell us why, then I'd probably do it. I'd do it again. Oh, Holy cow! I would do it again. It was uh, this time. I, I I was much better at not sleeping. Oh yeah, I no, I don't think any of us really slept. We we this time we definitely kept going. 
there was a span of about two and a half hours of the first one where we just all <laughs> this is prior to us realizing that we didn't we weren't gonna make it and we were all sad so we slept in our cars mm. or somewhere yeah we only did 55 i only is kind of the wrong word there but we did 55 the first time which was not enough to break the world record of 65 so yeah but then, then when the sun came up that first time we kind of picked up our spirits emotionally this time we didn't sleep at all and i remember some of the morning things just falling asleep with the melodica tube still in my mouth just so or you, falling asleep for just a few seconds not for like literally while catch, playing there, oh sorry you didn't catch a half an hour nap or anything in there there was one one the one low point of the of the epic thing that we just did was probably around six in the morning when we showed up to a coffee spot and they weren't open yet because we were early which oh, yeah. is hilarious oh yeah we were at like it was like 5 45 when we showed up yeah and so we just kind of camped at the uh the the door was open the guy was cleaning he was making the coffee and wouldn't serve us until 6 30 so i definitely uh crashed out for like 10 minutes on a couch but and uh after that i think i got my second second win that was after um yeah that was at least one and a half five hour energies later so all right, well, you guys can check that all out with hashtag 70 and 24, take two. Um, so let's move on to talking about, well, Matt, you're known around town as a working drummer. You, you play all over the scene, but also, and I think most people know this, but maybe not all our listeners know this, you're, you're a multi-instrumentalist and composer, um, and you, you write a lot and have a lot of different projects. But I wanted to talk about your new record, I Am Calm with featuring saxophonist Dana Stevens and Curtis Taylor on the trumpet. Correct. That was a, uh, a great, great thing we did back in November in 2016. And what we did is we went up to Pasadena, recorded it at uh, Nolan Shahid studio, and it was produced by Kamau Kenyatta and Ed Mackenzie Layton and myself all got together with Dana and Curtis and, took two days up there got an airbnb and we tried to make as much music as possible and this is kind of what we came up with this is uh this is uh, again full disclosure conflict of interest i'm i'm part of this as well um but this is your third album as a leader and uh what was the the genesis and focus behind this record um what is the where does the title come from do the title i am calm is a mantra that i tend to use in my yoga classes um when i inhale i say i am and when i exhale i say calm and what that does to me personally was it centers my mind um so that i can get through a hard posture or just recenter my brain to stay focused in whatever i'm doing now um what they always preach about in the yoga classes is to take that outside uh the yoga studio and into the real world. So what I did was I tried to do exactly that. And um, the first time I used that mantra, what really happened to me is I think everyone's had this where just some sort of inspiration slaps you in the head and that was it. And I said, that needs to be a record. That is something that really resonated with me. So I came, I went out of there and we had some some songs from the previous record, Retrograde, that we hadn't used yet that we um, our producer, Kamau, mentioned that that would sound really good as a quintet. So what we did is we <clears throat> we filled out the rest of the record, and of course we had to write the tune I Am Calm. Um, there's also a song on there 
that um, if you buy the record you hear it's called Tense, which is pretty funny because there's an I Am Calm and then the next song is actually Tense, which is hilarious. <laughs> um, so it, it encompasses all, um, man, all the all the feels of of the body and the mind and the spirit. And so we tried to put that in a record and that's kind of what we came up with. So this is your actually your third album with your group, the Matt Smith New Jazz Trio. Uh, and for me, being a saxophonist band leader, but also I'm, I'm on the recording side of it, you know, I do a lot of engineering. Uh, I'm always interested, when did you know it was time to do a new record? When did you feel like it was time to put out another piece of work that's, with this with this band? That's such a good question. Um, there's There's just times for me that you amass an amount of music that you want to put on 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 paper on metaphorically speaking but you put on a record and then you know you have if you have enough music that you haven't recorded yet then it's time to record another one because um for us this particular opportunity arose when um when i was talking to kamau originally about this whole project he mentioned that first off that needs to be or it doesn't need to be but it should be quintet so we mentioned curtis right off the bat because kamau works with uh, Curtis and um, literally all, almost all the Gregory Porter projects he's produced and won two Grammys for. But he mentioned we were talking about you know various saxophonists that we would use, and he just threw out the name Dana Stevens, um, who I've heard um, on. He he is on. He actually has his own record label now, but I don't really remember what record labels. I'm pretty sure it's Crisscross, but I'm not. Yeah, a bunch of hold, a bunch of Dana's records are on on crisscross so anyway what we did is we kind of checked out his schedule and he said we said oh my gosh he's he's coming to town here at the athenaeum um for their jazz series pretty soon so i went online and i went to his website and i sent him an email and i said hey dana i'm matt and this is um i'd, I'd love to have you out and to meet you take you to lunch and we'll talk about you know possibly recording a, a record and we took him to lunch and we uh, talked about when he was going to be in southern california next and and one and done that's when he was there and he was playing at the blue whale and he came down here for two days after that and so then that's like to to finally answer the question like when also can you record the cd you always have to have the personnel to make that cd so he was coming at that time at that place and sometimes it just happens that way too well the great thing is dana does have that California connection being, you know, having worked in the Bay Area for so long. And then he also did the Monk Institute in, when it was out in L.A. So I think he's really open to working with people on the West Coast. And I've seen him on a, on a bunch of different West Coast projects. Right. So it's great to hear him on this record. I, I absolutely love his sound. And he has such a unique sound, but it's also a very even sound through every register of the instrument. Um, it's really a great voice on the instrument. Uh, one, one other question I had, and this could be for both of you since you both recorded on the record. Um, this was your first, first record working with Kamau Kenyatta and second, for our listeners. Second, second oh. actually. He did our last record as well. That's right. So this is the second record working with producer Kamau Kenyatta for our listeners. Uh, he's a wonderful keyboard player and saxophone player from Detroit who's produced a few of the Gregory Porter records. And he's also associated with, uh, UCSD. How did how did Kamau help shape this record, and how did the sound of this record change? Obviously, it's not just a trio; you 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 have a bigger full band sound on this record. One one of the most um, important parts about being a producer that I learned from Kamau is is the ability to see the whole take and and say that's the one. Let's fix it. 
Whereas if you don't have a producer and you're in the studio on your on by yourself and you really it's it's just an inherent bias that you listen to what you play more than mm-hmm. what everyone else is playing sometimes. So you remember your screw ups and not everyone else's screw ups and you don't get to hear the whole song. But Kamau as a producer really can hear what sounded good, what could be fixed, and his attention to detail in every song, whether it's lining up a hit here or or taking that section out for i mean there's numerous things that i think us as a group would have kept on but kamau would have he took out and uh in the early stages he uh he helped me really craft the songs to what they're heard now because if you we would have went with the original way that i wrote them um it would sound different he definitely made some calls in the studio not about what takes to fix and what takes to you know, do again. And then also even arrangement wise, you made some, some really good calls with that too. And, and also in sort of a, in a way that's hard to exactly put my finger on. Um, he's just a very positive, good force to have in the studio, sort of in a abstract way. He just lends this sort of calmness. Absolutely. Uh, and that, yeah, that's something I've, I've noticed when I'm working on a song or working on an arrangement, sometimes I may have to hear it dozens of times even over a couple of weeks and I'll be working on a, a particular section trying to fix it or make it sound better in the arrangement or in the mix and then after a long time I realize oh there's some of these parts need to be gone or you have to have that ability to edit right and that's where a producer or somebody who has the ears like come is is so wonderful to have yeah his musical history and, and his runs so deep his ears are so big he hears everything and also, since he's outside the project, he can come in and his his you can trust him, and you you just listen to his advice, and uh, he'll never steer you wrong. So we're gonna listen to the first tune from this record. This is the title track. I am calm.
That was the title track, I Am Calm, from Matt Smith's new record by the same name, I Am Calm. And you can check it out at MatthewElton.Smith.com. You can also buy the record on Bandcamp. Uh, so Dana Stevens is in town, and your CD release show is this week, right? That's correct. We're going to do a CD release at Dizzy's at the new Morena Boulevard location on August 15th. It's going to be at 8 o'clock. And it will feature the whole band from that record. That'll be myself on drums, Ed Kornhauser on piano, Mackenzie Layton on the bass, Curtis Taylor on the trumpet, and welcoming here to San Diego, Dana Stevens on saxophone and iwi. For those who don't know, that's electric wind instrument. Should be a very cosmic adventure with that one. So so being a drummer and also playing a host of, of different instruments, uh, just tell us a little bit about your, your creative process and the way you write. One thing I noticed about that tune is just the the arc of the tune and the use of dynamics and how much of that factors into your writing or, or just tell us something about your writing process. Okay, my my writing process is I, I like to think about it as some people would write with chords first and some people write with the melody first. Generally speaking, I write with chords first um, and I get the whole progression first. So everything that would go behind the melody is generally there first and then um i play the chords and i would usually just hum whatever comes first and i write that down um i did a i did a project um with myself for a whole month once that i i wrote a tune every day and that kind of really helped me get out of you know like a compositional rut and or i would I would really write, I guess, the crud out, you know, get all the stuff that you want out, even if it's, you might not think it's your best, but it's, I think there's, there's really something to say about getting the ideas out of your head so you can make room for more ideas. So I, I think doing that, and of course, just, you know, the, the compositional process for me is like, so it's, it's, it's more organic and not something that I can, I can just sit down and do. I have to be in the right headspace to do it if it's, um, I do it in my room with my, I have two, I have a Wurlitzer on one side and I have a, a piano in front of me. So sometimes I'll say, okay, what does that sound like on Wurlitzer? And if that doesn't sound too great, it's going to sound, maybe it'll sound better on piano. And um, unfortunately I don't play as much guitar as I should, but um, I've never actually recorded with a guitar ensemble, but I'm willing to do that for all you guitarists out there. Well, I really, I really like it. Going back to what you you said a little bit earlier, I really like that idea of of just writing down anything, or almost, it seems like a, allowing yourself to write something bad. You know, just getting everything out of your head, 
just yeah. putting it down. Yeah, yeah and, it, and it's and it's never bad. It's just, you know, it's you think it's bad, but someone else might think it's great. It's kind of like, you know, a person, someone's trash is another man's treasure. Like, we we as musicians and as artists really, like, have this pressure on ourselves to write the hit or write the hook or write, you know, the best stuff. And sometimes it's just more important to, like, really play to your soul and to what you're, what you're thinking. And you, maybe you were in a... I'm in a, like a juice box mood that day, you know, which is what one of my other projects. And I'm going to, I'm going to write that. Like my first time I did this, I've done this, um, I've done it twice. And my first time I actually did it, I, I, of the, I do it in February cause it's like the shortest month. <laughs> and so I can write, um, every day, but I wrote about 21 songs and, uh, I didn't, my, my one rule was that I just needed to write melody and chords and I had to finish a tune with, you know, for the music aficionado, you know, double bar lines on each end, you know, a final bar at the end and a, and a final thing at the front. Um, but what that did is I, I wasn't writing for any particular group. And after this amassment of tunes, um, I kind of found, okay, these ones all kind of sound good together. And that's kind of how Juicebox got started like three years ago, which is kind of incredible. So Yeah, and that's your... your funk uh jam kind of project or how, yeah. how pigeonhole yeah. yourself what genre is juice box uh, was formed <clears throat> and i'm gonna out myself right here because i love 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 the band wolfpeck and uh i i heard about wolfpeck through my bass player friend who who claims that that they were found on uh this website no treble.com and and then the world blew up um, Wolfpack also went on to do some crazy Spotify duping where they uh, released a silent record and all um, those proceeds, about 20 grand of those proceeds went to fund a tour, a free tour so that everyone that knew about them would go out and see them for free. Yeah. Um, anyway, back to your <laughs> original question here. Um, uh, Juicebox is uh, just kind of like an, another instrumental project. Um more of a project for me to play a backbeat in. And I, I love to kind of groove in the pocket when and where I can. But as jazz musicians, we like to, you know, screw with the time and screw with the harmony. So I still wanted to keep that in vain and not do like a very regimented funk, but less more of a jazzy funk, but kind of in our own way. So so let's check out one more tune from your, your new record, the, the new jazz trio record. I think we have queued up Max Mission which I assume is for Mackenzie Layton, your bassist. Yeah. But tell us a little bit about that one, and then we're also going to get more in, deep into the funk and into Juicebox after the break. Uh, Max Mission was written right alongside his, um, uh, I don't know what you would call his, I'm going to call it his suite of three, which he had a Northwest, Southwest, and Midwest. And during that time, he had not written a Northwest yet. Or northeast, rather, which whichever one that I thought it was northwest. Oh, he had it had it written yet. Yes. Yeah. So I made it his mission to write another tune, and that that's honestly all all that that title came from. Um, some titles mean more than others, but that one was more of a, hey Mac, you should write another tune. You know, so here's your mission. So it's a tune instructing him to write a tune. It reminds me of. Uh, do you guys remember those YouTube reply videos? No. no. Uh, well, somebody would do a video, and then in the in the comments, you could do like a video reply. And there was a whole subculture of these women doing like reply videos to every single video. So, 
So it's like you're you're making him do a reply tune. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I've some, lost you. So meta. You guys should know this. You're younger than me. Um, so so we're going to listen to Max Mission, and that's going to take us up into the break. Uh, but you can check out the Matt Smith New Jazz Trio, their CD release concert for I Am Calm. That's featuring Curtis Taylor on trumpet and Dana Stevens at sax on saxophone. And they're going to be at Dizzy's, that's dizzysjazz.com, on Tuesday, August 15th at 8 o'clock. This is San Diego Sessions, your inside perspective on the SD jazz scene. Subscribe on iTunes or listen online at DirtyBoulevardRecording.com. Hi, I'm saxophonist Nick Caldwell, and here is your jazz forecast for August 14th through 20th. Monday, August 14th. Louis Valenzuela hosts his regular Monday night jam session at Rosie O'Grady's in Normal Heights from 9 p.m. to midnight. Come sit in, or just relax and enjoy. No cover. 21 and up. Tuesday, August 15th. 
the Matt Smith New Jazz Trio released their latest album of original music, I Am Calm, at Dizzy's, featuring East Coast saxophonist Dana Stevens and trumpeter Curtis Taylor. Music starts at 8 p.m., $20 cover, all ages. Wednesday, August 16th, trumpeter Gilbert Castellanos hosts his regular Wednesday night jam session at Panama 66, a mainstay in San Diego for decades. Enjoy fine food and drink, and listen to the best jazz San Diego has to offer right in the middle of gorgeous Balboa Park. Music from 8.30 to 11.30 p.m. Come early to see the next generation of jazz musicians for the Young Lions set from 6 to 8 p.m., featuring up-and-coming musicians from around the city. Never a cover to all of this, and all ages, families, and even pets welcome. Friday, August 18th. L.A. jazz bassist Paul Gormley will perform with San Diego legends Mike Wofford on piano and Jim Plank on drums at the Handlery Hotel in Hotel Circle from 5.30 to 7.30 p.m. No cover, all ages welcome, and parking is validated. The Friday Happy Hour is a regular series put on by Holly Hoffman, so stay tuned for more great jazz. Also Friday, Gilbert Castellanos presents Jazz at the Westgate, an intimate series in the Plaza Bar at the beautiful Westgate Hotel downtown, featuring Gilbert Castellanos on trumpet, Joshua White on piano, and Marshall Hawkins on bass. Music from 8 to 11 p.m. All ages welcome. The Ed Kornhauser Organ Trio plays some late-night wailing and warbling jams at 7 grand from 10.30 p.m. to 1.30 a.m., featuring guitarist Michael Borowski and drummer Charlie Willer. No cover, ages 21+. plus. Saturday, August 19th, pianist Danny Green and his trio perform a new set of original music featuring a string section from the San Diego Symphony at the Museum of Making Music in Carlsbad. The concert begins at 7 p.m. Tickets are $15 general admission or $20 premium. All ages welcome. Also Saturday, vocalist Allison Adams Tucker performs at the Westgate Hotel downtown featuring Irving Flores on piano and Rob Thorson on bass. 8 to 11 p.m., all ages welcome. Sunday, August 20th. By far the best gig of the week, the Young Lions Jazz Conservatory concert at the Handlery Hotel. 2 p.m. to 4.30 p.m., this is a kickoff concert and a fundraiser for the Jazz Conservatory and will feature an all-star cast of SD jazz musicians. Tickets are $20 adults, $10 youth. This is Nick Caldwell, and you're listening to San Diego Sessions. You're listening to San Diego Sessions. Subscribe on iTunes or listen online at DirtyBoulevardRecording.com. All right, we're back on San Diego Sessions. We're here with Matt Smith. I'm your host, Ian Tordella. And I believe Ed has a segment we call the San Diego Seven. Seven questions. So, yeah, we've got seven questions. Answer them top of your head, bottom of your heart, and everything in between. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Number one, what was your first ever gig? My first gig was I was at the, I played surf music when I was 10 at the Del Mar Fair, when it was called the Del Mar Fair with my dad's group, the Jackstraws. And we played uh, everything from Wipeout to Surfing USA. Uh, That was also my first time I got in the Union Tribune on the uh, front page of one of the, I think it was the local section. Wow. Came out strong on your first gig. (laughs) <laughs> I also rushed my tail off th- during those times, and I still tend to rush. 
All right, number two, who's a drummer you feel is underappreciated or forgotten about in the jazz world? If they're forgotten, why would I remember them? <laughs> um, forgotten about by my a lot of people. Paul, Paul Motion, I think, doesn't get enough credit. He was played with Charlie Hayden and his work, um, especially through, um, I don't know, art art music and like having a a whole a a peg drawn in there. I I think Paul Modian deserves more, or Paul Modian or Paul Motion, whichever camp you're in. We could use both. Cool. Yeah, I mean, he's got the electric bebop band. Like a lot of people haven't heard that. I think that's that was a killer project. Yeah. Also, just using I I love how he uses a drum set to. I guess what I would say, paint paint the music. He really paints with the drums. He paints the band. What's the strangest thing you've ever ate? These are so hard. The strangest thing I've ever eaten. <laughs> you know, it's it's not the strangest thing, but I always think of it as very strange when I eat calamari and I think and I look at the little squids, like the li- they look mm. like little little itty bitty squids, and mm. I always try to put the whole squid in. I'm like. You must go down, squid. That's nice. tasty. That, that is funny because I was I thought about that question. The strangest thing I've ever eaten was an entire squid, a very small one, but I with the eyes on it and everything. It was Ew. really yeah. That's <laughs> funny. Um, man, I didn't know you guys were so into squid. Oh yeah, Squid World, man. This could be a new band. <laughs> Number four. How many drum kits do you own? I think I can put together. I actually sold a couple. In the past uh, month or two, but whoa, um, I know it's incredible. But uh, I think I can still put together about uh, four. Wait, there's one at Max House. There's the Gretsch kit. There's my regular Jazzer kit. There's my practice kit. There's my um, there's just my my hoop kit. That's five, five, five kits. Wow. Um, number five. How much money would it take for you to shave your beard? Uh, the bidding starts at two grand. The bidding. All right. Good. Good. Hey, he uh, he's moving to a new city soon. That'll be a couple months rent right there. That's right. Yeah. We could set up an eBay auction for you. Yeah. Start a start a GoFundMe. Uh. <laughs> All right. Uh, number six. True or false? Does the drum also waltz? True. Good man. All right. <laughs> and uh, our old standby number seven. Bacon. Yes. Good. You used to be a vegetarian, so that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> or a choosetarian. Choosetarian. All right. Well, let's get back into the funky music. Uh, let's talk about Juicebox. Right. Uh, we just did a little EP. We're kind of in the process of finishing it up uh, right now. Um, <laughs> I feel weird asking this. Where did we record that? We, we recorded that at The Kitchen 2, which is uh, Tim Felton of the Surefire Soul Ensemble's home studio. And home studio, generally people would say... Oh, home studio, not going to happen, but he has like the sickest gear and the sickest mics and he all runs it all through a, um, for you techies and nerds out there, it's a Tascam 388, eight track quarter inch tape player, which is so, so warm sounding. And in uh, another technical term is when you have a uh, rim click on the snare drum, you would, you would call that a knock in the, in the studio. And the knock is generally like, a very harsh sound sometimes if you don't mic it correctly, but running it through the warmth of the tape and the placement of uh, the microphone, it, it's very warm knock. 
So is the kitchen? It's the kitchen 2.0, or have there been any little updates? Is it a 2.01 now? Yeah, or he asked. Used to have, a, have to his old home in uh, Normal Heights, but now it's he's in Lemon Grove. Yes, it used to be the kitchenette. It's it's reconstructed for higher efficiency. Uh, well, yeah, that 388 sounds great. Um, but speak. So speaking of the studio, you guys have a new record in the can, as they say. Mm. Yeah, it's it's still it's we're still recording and layering some stuff on, um, but we've taken more time with this record than any of the previous two records that we've done. Right, there's been a lot of overdubbing, and uh, uh, Tim Tim's great. Tim's a great Tim Felton's a great keyboard player, and uh, I also have serious uh, keyboard envy. He has all the actual instruments that all my synthetic keyboards synthesize. You know, he's got. Obviously, the piano, but he's got Wurlitzer, Rhodes, a real Hammond organ with a Leslie, um, all just everything, it, the clavinet, and so it it was cool to kind of get in there and, and play the real the real things. Although moving the B three was not fun. No, <laughs> no, those weigh four hundred pounds. So with the new record, since there are overdubs, is, is the aesthetic of the whole record changing? Is it going to be a bigger, more expansive sound, or yeah, or the, do you know yet? Since you're what, still recording, what we, it? what we did differently than any of the previous records was that we for the first you know take is you know nothing is recorded yet as a group and as a band we record in one room together but we really took the time to think about what we're we're going to be recording first so for instance if um, we have the melody and the guitar then we have a guitar melody tone and he doesn't play anymore on that song except the melody so it's it's really tough sometimes to to go into the studio and do something different than you would do live um that's actually something that Kamau taught me was that studio records are different than live performances and you need to re- i mean people that can take that seriously is you you be- you come you come out of there with a different sounding record and for me it's important to have a different sound in the studio than live so that's great. I, yeah, I think that's also funny because us, mainly being working jazz players, we're used to going into the studio and just playing live. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that that's almost hilarious because almost rock, uh, country, any other genre, they're used to building songs almost piece by piece right. in the studio. And for us, that seems like a bizarre concept. Yeah. Um, but I've been getting more into that as well. So I'm really excited to hear the new juice box mm-hmm. and, and hear the, the different layers of ear candy. We. Yeah. We we have we have a bass that's all us together like bass drums and 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 rhythm parts are pretty much all live, mm-hmm. uh, or the bass drums and sometimes just the lead melody are all and keys are all live. The extra bits were added on top and solos were usually added on top. Mm-hmm. So so Matt, you're also you're going to be heading up to graduate school at Cal Arts. You're leaving us in San Diego. Yeah. Don't forget about all us little people down here. I would I would never forget anyone down here. The my growth here in San Diego has 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 been the most enjoying um I've, I've had the most enjoyment growing up here in san diego going to the beach having friends skating at the boardwalk um man going to high school here i i mean i didn't really like high school but um Who did? coming coming back here actually after my undergrad um at fullerton um really opened my eyes to where where i wanted to go and as san diego i i call it an, an incubator town you come here you you grab what you can and I mean, and it's selfish to say sometimes people go. My plan is to retain a foothold here in San Diego. Um, it means a lot 
to me, the community is so warm and so supportive. Um, you know, during this last 70 and 24, um, attempt, I, I always feel like San Diego is, is holding us up and they're, and, and they're all cheering us on and it's, and, and moving to anywhere else. I mean, especially LA as vast as it is, that's going to be a hard thing to achieve right off the bat. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to a different village, but, um, I'm, I'm saddened to leave my village here. Um, so you're going to a new village, new people, new players, um, is new, there, is new there, food, new food. Yeah. Uh, I heard they got bomb food in LA. Uh, although I bet the Mexican food's better here. That's right. You have your mind, you have your heart set on any new projects, like anything that you're itching to try new specifically, or you're just going to kind of let things fold organically. Or do you have an idea of some new project you might want to start up there? My, I guess my idea for now is to, I, I really, really want to focus on, on grad school. And I really want to focus on not taking it or excuse me, taking full advantage of the opportunities that I have up there. Um, one of which is, is having a lesson with, um, Joe LaBarbera once a week. And I really want to take those seriously and make sure I don't disappoint him. The, one of the greatest things about CalArts is the collaboration aspect between mediums, um, such as, you know, musicians collaborate with dancers, um, directors collaborate with filmmakers. Um, man, I want to, I definitely want to score some music for film. I want to, um, I want choreographers to make, uh, dances to my music. I want to, um, man, I want to give music, um, a, a new, a new weight, uh, electronically there. I'm going to take their digital recording studio class, which hopefully gives me, um, well, that will give me full access to their studio. So I, I just plan on, on writing a lot. That's a big prerequisite of, of getting into Cal arts in the first place is, um, uh, is your compositions and the merit of, com of your compositions is kind of how you get in. So I want to keep that going. Um, and in terms of uh, different groups, I, I want to, I would love to start a, a group where we all have, we all pick one rhythmic cell uh, melodically or anything. And we play that similar to kind of like at the dawn of MIDI um, way of life, I guess, if anyone's into dawn of MIDI where they would what what they used to do is they would go into a room and they would turn all the lights off and they'd play. I want to have a group like that. I think that would and CalArts is kind of a place to do that. I also have um and I'm working to have a digital aspect in my playing um which will hopefully surface in a year or two. All right. Cool. Some new ideas. Right on. Uh well, uh I got one more thing. I'd be uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask this. So uh so what else is new? Oh man, I just got married. Um, <laughs> you almost so, forgot. Okay, yeah, no. yeah. These past no, these past three days, if anyone has been <laughs> following uh, what we've been doing, um, I got married on a Sunday, August sixth, to a beautiful bride. Her name is Rebecca Land, and I love her so much. I hope she is listening at one point in her life. Um, to the podcast, she always listens. That's what I meant. Um, <laughs> so uh, we we got married on a Sunday. We slept in on Monday packed up all our gifts and then we did that 70 and 24 thing and everyone has said like where's your honeymoon why aren't you resting and and what's what's so important and and is is so awesome to me about about bex is that she well first i asked her if i could if i could do this many months ago when 
we realized that was the only time that we could do this. And she, she said, well, are you going to do it this time? And I said, you bet. She said, then do it. And, and she helped too. She was one of the witnesses during the, during the, what was it? The she was with us from 10 and 10 PM to 2 AM. Yep. And, uh, so man, what's, what's new? I got married and, um, and I set a world record. Hopefully that's like the coolest three days of my life. And, and I get to do the CD release party next week or Tuesday, August 15th at Dizzy's at 8 PM. And, and this, this whole month is going to be so crazy between moving, between performing and being a good husband. I'm so excited to, to get this month over with. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that is that is some crazy life right there, man. Yeah. But uh, dude, super happy for you. Thank you. It's a marathon. Yeah. Well, again, we wanted to thank you for being our second guest here on San Diego Sessions, and don't forget to check out the CD release with the Matt Smith New Jazz Trio Plus Two on Tuesday the fifteenth. Um, we're gonna take it out with a juice box song. This is called Poor Tuna, right? The only reason I called it that was we um, we did a concert series at. Uh, Mesa College, they have their um, concert series, I believe it's once a week, and it used to be, it's not anymore unfortunately, but it used to be sponsored by Bumblebee Tuna, so I named uh, a song Poor Tuna. (laughs) Right on. Well, we hope you come back and see us as soon as the new Juicebox record comes out. We want to talk about all things Tascam 388. There you go. Maybe we can get Tim Felton in here too. So here we go with Juicebox, Poor Tuna. Listening to the San Diego Sessions podcast brought to you by Dirty Boulevard Recording Company. Please subscribe now on iTunes or listen online at dirtyboulevardrecording.com. Theme music composed by Ed Kornhauser, performed by Ed with Grant Fisher guitar, Harley Magzino bass, Ian Tordella saxophone, and Charles Weller on drums. If you'd like to be a guest on San Diego Sessions, please contact us. All musical selections are used by permission of the artist. 
San Diego Sessions is engineered and produced by Ian Tordella at Dirty Boulevard Recording Company.